Hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I am your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshra Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina on a beautiful fall day, the fall color. One of the neat things about these mountains is that you have all these little, sometimes they call them microclimates, but like on the north side of the mountain, it's already autumn. The leaves are, have all turned and it's absolutely gorgeous. And then uh, on the other side of a mount, the mountain or down in the valley, you know, in some places the leaves have barely even started turning. And uh, so you get, you get fall colors for extended periods of time. Anyway, um, just watching the news these days, I think it's really important. Like, of course, in the past, I've talked about the fishbowl and how really that's the essence of the whole thing. You know, that's that's the problem is the whole global consciousness is basically polluted and it just needs to get cleaned up so that people can function properly. And uh, some people can tolerate and, you know, hold the line, so to speak, uh, more uh, effectively uh, when the fishbowl is polluted. But I mean, the world at large is just going nuts and all you have to do is watch the news and you know that. Uh, but there's another point here. Probably relates indirectly, but but nevertheless, it, it's an important thing to bring up. And that is this idea of uh, really what it amounts to is self-honesty and how difficult that is f- for people to access to access. And uh, like that Bruce Lee quotes, famous quote, he says, uh, honestly expressing yourself. It's not so easy to do. He says, now that is very difficult to do. It sounds so simple, but it's so true. And we can think of that, it applies all the way to international relations, politics, uh, but also just in our personal relationships. Uh, people have a hard time, you know, and it's an art to express what you're really thinking, what you're really feeling. And really, it's um, it's your heart. You know, it's what you feel deep inside. Uh, it's not about the surface. It's not about notions or paradigms. It's about how you feel about those notions and paradigms. And not because you've been indoctrinated into feeling a certain way, but because it's really how you feel. And even when you do have that sense and you do feel into it. If, if everything around you, if everybody around you um, doesn't agree, or if you're afraid that you will offend or hurt another's feelings or not seem um, uh, appropriate or justified in, in your own feelings, that we, we tend to suppress them. And that, that makes a real mess because what's going on there then is what you're really feeling inside is not consistent with the world you build for yourself. 
And every single little time you betray yourself by not um, expressing yourself honestly, the pressure builds and the pressure builds and the pressure builds. And, and what happens then is at some point, you're just so angry and you don't even remember what all you're angry about. It's just suppressed feelings and emotions create anger. And it builds and builds and builds until finally when you let it out, it's just a flood of irrational words and it creates, uh, it destroys relationships. But it's such a subtle art to really communicate what you're feeling. A lot of times people don't want to do it because first of all, it's, it can be uncomfortable. You're not sure how to be re received. It's too self-revealing. It's too um, uh, intimate, really. It's too uh, delicate. So there's a, it's a very subtle art. You know, how do you give real self-expression to what you're really feeling? Not what you've been indoctrinated to feel, not what you think is socially or politically correct to feel, but what you really feel. How does it really feel to you? And what happens is if you live in denial of that for any period of time, it's just self-betrayal is really what we're talking about. If you live in denial of that for any period of time, you actually cease to really, really know how you really do feel about a particular thing. And so the problem gets even worse. It gets, and you, and you'll, you'll see this really in, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like I was saying, it's not just interpersonal relationships. It's international relationships. It's geopolitical. And it's the foundation of stuff that world wars are built out of. I mean, wouldn't it be something, and it obviously didn't happen, but wouldn't it be something if, um, I don't know, Roosevelt and Hitler <laughs> could have really sat down and had a heart-to-heart? -heart? Because I don't think people really understand each other. I think, I think people not really understanding each other is the foundation of the majority of conflicts. I think people feel the same way and think the same way a lot more than we think they do. But the thing gets all blown up and twisted and distorted and then anger and rage creep in and resentment. And, and then uh, people doubling down on a perspective to the point even of absurdity. And we just end up with a mess. I mean, just like even Black Lives Matter. I mean, of course, Black Lives Matter. Who would say they don't matter? And so then people retaliate to that and they say, well, white lives matter. And then that makes Black Lives Matter people mad because they think, well, you're not really hearing us. Uh, so really, what's, what's the point there? What's the point? Of course, in the case of Black Lives Matter, it may not be a good example because it turns out the people behind it were pretty corrupt. You know, I guess, I guess that's, well, that's well known now, isn't it, Scotty? Yeah. Well, did you see that um, that Kanye West or Yee now? Oh, his name. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He just came out at Paris Fashion Week with a shirt that said White Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. 
Yeah. And see, even that, I mean, again, again, of course, white lives matter. But yeah, where's, where's the real, huh? That's what he said. He's like, yeah. You know, but, but the point yeah. is, the point is, even in that, yeah. it, it creates a polarization. Yeah. Because the Black Lives Matter people read that as a defiance or as a retaliation, perhaps. Right. And so how do we really commune? How do we really um, honestly express ourselves fully? It's not so easy to do. And in fact, making an obvious statement like, yeah, well, white lives matter, uh, creates pol polarization. So these, the, the real point here is that communion, communication is highly elusive. It's a fine art. And we could go globally with it. I mean, who really knows, for example, what Putin, for example, who really knows what his ideals are? Who really knows where he's coming from? Uh, uh, you know, and I think I talked about it in the last podcast where a lot of people who are, you know, in the know say that he was backed into a corner. He was given no choice. He was threatened. He was intimidated. He was pushed. Um, and we don't know really where he's coming from, what he went through, what he experienced what he was experiencing as the process went on. And people just don't communicate. It's hard to communicate. Just like Bruce Lee said, you know, honestly expressing yourself. Now it is very difficult to do. That's something to really uh, take to heart. Well, I think it's also, Michael, hmm. you know, trusting the communication that everybody gets too. You know, it's like there's communication, but is that communication, where's it coming from? Is it coming from, a? is there some motiva motivation that's letting this message get through? And, this and that's really, that's the next point, isn't it, Scott? Yeah. That even if, even if you are really trying, striving for self-honesty, and even if you can attain that, which is very difficult to do, what about the person across the table? What about the person you're talking to? Where are they coming from? And, and, and uh, so we don't want to be uh, naive or oblivious, but we do need to take into consideration the fact that maybe they're not willing to talk. And so how can you uh, navigate those waters and deal with that when the person you're wanting to relate to is having this motivation or that, you know? Uh, and again, it's an art. How do you do it? How do you do it? And that's, and the thing is, it's not a cookbook either. Different people have different styles. Different people have different ways of talking, ways of behaving. Um, uh, an interesting example, really, Scotty, would be, you know, Donald Trump. Um, uh, he does accomplish a lot. He gets a lot done. Uh, I think I and I think a lot of people, you know, find his language offensive. A lot of what he does is just offensive. But nevertheless, uh, he's almost brutally self-honest. Hmm? Does that make sense, Scotty? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, so if there's the self-honesty component is there, but... Uh, what about the art of finessing that 
he seems to be successful somehow. I don't know what he does in diplomatic relations, but he did seem to win over, you know, Kim Jong-un and uh, the Saudis and also, yeah. you know, anyway. Um, I've been around some, some guys that are, you know, that, you know, successful. And, you know, there's something about, you know, being around people that are like that too, that, um, you know, it changes the way people, you know, they come in, well, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And then when it, when they get there and, and, um, you know, there's just something about the dynamic that changes them, you know, the, the people that are coming to communicate with, like, let's say it's Trump, you know, like we come, I come into Trump and I'm, I'm like, well, I'm going to tell him really how I feel and all that. And then you get in front of him and this guy, it's like, this guy's a billionaire. He's been the president of the, whatever. It's like your whole, you, you had a plan, but then you get hit in the mouth by this. There's an aura or a, you know. Yeah. That's one, that's one possibility. Something another, yeah. another uh, aspect like uh, queen Elizabeth. Yeah, she recently passed away, but they say that she just she had a way about her. It was a dignity. Yeah. It was apolitical, but nevertheless, just through that meeting of minds with people from different countries and stuff, issues melted away. You know, yeah. so there are many. There's as many people as there are. There are different ways to do it. It's about being honest with yourself, being true to yourself and your own true nature. You know. Well, Michael, aren't we as individuals also kind of programmed to hear things a certain way, to deliver messages a certain way? And, and it's like, it all falls back, all this stuff, you know, it comes back to our ability to kind of like not let our own, whatever it is, get in the way, but really hear those messages and then give those messages. Like, I guess that's what we're, we're talking we, about. We have our own personalities. Right. And, and, it, and there's, see, there's that divinity that dwells within everybody. Yeah. Uh, that's what it means to, to be born equal. We're all born equal. There's a divinity within us. Uh, uh, and that's, by the way, the, the, the distinction between equality and equity, to get off on a little bit of a tangent here, but uh, uh, equality means we're born. We're all born on equal footing, equal opportunity. Equity means that we're all guaranteed the same results from our actions. It's two, <laughs> two very different things. But now, in the case of uh, the uniqueness of our personality, the divinity that dwells within each of us, when we're healthy and when we don't have any distortions in our thinking, you know, this is. Uh, then our behavior and the uniqueness of our personality becomes an artful thing. You see, we basically, we know we learn and we're capable of talking to people uh, effectively. Now, I think a lot more people are capable of it uh, uh, than, than they even know because it takes work. Yeah. It takes patience. And a lot of times people are so darn busy that they just don't feel like they have the time to really communicate and thinking that they saved a little time it, in the long run, it makes the situations much worse. And, uh, uh, and then you have a much bigger problem than if you really did 
in those moments when it seems crucial to do so if you took the time to really communicate. But again, it takes, it takes both, really. Uh, but if you have one person who's really patient and observant and understands people and is willing, we all understand people if we're willing to take the time, you know, uh, uh, then things uh, can move forward in a positive way. And the amazing thing is that world wars, now we're on the verge of Armageddon, some people say, with the, the nukes with Russia and the United States and the crazy things that are being thrown back and forth, uh, comments and verbal threats and things from Ukraine, from Russia, from the United States. It's terrible. People need how to learn to talk. And, that, and they're not really expressing themselves honestly, humbly, sincerely. Strength doesn't mean anger and fiery rhetoric. Strength can come across as sincere, heartfelt uh, uh, belief. And speaking from that place inside, what you really feel about a situation. But sadly, in the field of politics, I mean, so much of what goes on in politics has nothing to do with what a person really feels. It, it, oftentimes, oftentimes it has more to do with how to get votes, how to play the current uh, uh, political correct mindset and what the polls say and how to conform to that to the point where eventually even our politicians, the people that should really, really should, they should be the guiding lights of our culture, the expression of the heart and soul of the people but that's not there anymore. They're just gone to a rhetoric that's become so habitually detached from what they're really thinking and feeling that they don't really even know anymore what they're really feeling. The motivations, like you said, Scotty, can get so complicated. But this, the good news here is that it's all straightening out. You can see it on the news if you watch the news. People are sobering up. People have had it. People want truth. People want real deep self-honesty. The rhetoric is just noise. It's getting to that point. And, and uh, one thing I've noticed through the years, too, if you watch politicians or something and the things they're saying, I mean, ask yourself when they're talking, you know, what's in their heart? Who are they really? It's not about their words. You can feel their heart behind their words or the abandonment of what they're really feeling in the name of just the rhetoric that they're spewing out. Uh, I really wonder if anybody really knows, I hate to point fingers, but Nancy Pelosi's heart, you know, I, I, just, I don't really know what she's thinking or feeling. I don't think anybody, I don't think she does anymore, you know? Anyway, uh, I got some notes that you can read if you'd like about things going on in the world. You know, I've talked about this in the past, but they're selling off their strategic oil reserve. That's horrible and it's dangerous. And uh, I really think the reason the Saudis are cutting back, what is it, 2 million barrels a day, Scotty, of oil production is just because they yeah. want to make things Worse yeah. for Biden. I don't think they like Biden. Yeah. And I think they just want to squeeze him out. And the, 
And uh, Obama said an interesting thing. He said when he was president, he noticed that his approval rating went up and down with the price of gasoline. <laughs> you know, um, other other thought. Just I pulled into a parking lot the other day at the grocery store, and I was getting out of the car, and there was some guy in the parking lot, and he was just not with it. I mean, the guy had to have been on drugs. And in fact, when I left the grocery store, there was another guy in the parking lot, a couple of them I can think of. They were just not with it, you know? And then you stop and if you just do the math and calculate how much fentanyl is being sold, even colored fentanyl put in Lego boxes. I mean, who would do such a thing? Talking about losing connection with the heart, you know? But, but uh, uh, if you just do a calculation of how many drugs are in the country and then divide it by how many people are in the country, I mean, everybody's on drugs. So the majority of the people are, it's just horrible. And those are the people driving in the cars around you on the freeway or that you're standing next to in the shopping line. And really, the... I, the Drugs became mainstream, I think, and really popular uh, with the hippie movement, right, Scotty? That's like that's one with marijuana. It kind yeah. of became vogue, you know. And really, it's gone through permutations and stuff. And it seems to me the woke movement uh, uh, is just another permutation of of the. Uh, hippie movement, you know, as the generations, as the decades go by, that's all going to straighten out. It's all going to straighten out. Uh, I think, Scotty, if, and if there's nothing else, I've said, oh, there are a couple of nice quotes here at the end that they're in my notes, you know. Uh, I really like the one, um, no man ever steps in the same river twice. Yeah. Where it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. I thought that was a beautiful quote. Yeah. All right. Well, Scotty, if there's nothing else, I think, uh, oh, I got to say one more thing about DNA. You know, uh, now they're doing this thing. I forget the word they use for it, but it's, you know, splicing DNA engineering, yeah. genetic engineering, basically. CRISPR. Yes. What's that? I think they're using it's called CRISPR or something. Yeah, that's it, CRISPR. And and how it uh, um, the th the thing is here's the thing we have the unified field. It's a wholeness. Uh, this is such a beautiful topic, really. It's a it's a self interacting dynamic of perfection, really. And is really everything in in the universe is born out of that, and it's all gravitating back to that. It's just like, uh, you know, it rain, the rain, the clouds, and it rains on the mountaintop, and it finds its way all the way down the stream back to the ocean of being, and then it evaporates up, and you got the whole cycle. Uh, an acorn becomes a tree, and then the acorns fall off back to the earth, and then becomes another tree. That's just a mapping. That's how existence is. Everything is born out of the unified field. And then it evolves and grows and gravitates back to the unified field. And so what we have in the, in the most highly evolved species that we know of is a human being. And, and what does that mean? That means that the template, 
a foundational template for what it means to be human physiologically is in seed form, the DNA. And so going in and splicing that and chopping that up, uh, it's like we're fragmenting the foundation of life. And, and I don't think people have any idea of, the, and they, I think any biologist would admit they have no idea of the total grandeur within the DNA. They do say that. Uh, and then there are these things they found called DNA knots. Do you know what that is, Scotty? I haven't heard that, no. Yeah, DNA knots are like, if you have the DNA and then in places it kind of folds back on itself and, and gets, creates a length that way. And so you got these little knots in the DNA. And, uh, uh, you know, they're wondering why that's there. Of course, then you get into these people that think that the aliens from outer space came and engineered our DNA. I don't know about that. And, uh, uh, but, and it's really off, off topic. Uh, but, but here's the thing. There's tension that can be held in the DNA. Stress in the physiology is held in the DNA. And so a lot of times what we think will make a person healthy by chopping up the DNA, really the key to, to real health would be to purify that stress, relax that stress out of the DNA so that the tensions and the knots and things can relax and the DNA itself can be restored to a more normal, meaning more in harmony with our own true nature more in harmony with mother nature, more in harmony with the unified field that it's gravitated back to, you see? And, and in that process, by the way, of gravitation, evolution of species, there are moments when the species has evolved, evolved, evolved to a point where it's reflecting a particular quality of the unified field so fully that all of a sudden it's like, instead of running on batteries, it's plugged into a wall and it just kicks right in. That's, there's a, thing that biologists are talk about uh, the big bang of the brain where all of a sudden almost overnight speaking from a uh, evolutionary perspective the whole brain just shifted and grew and they don't really get why well that's why everything's gravitating back to that unified field with what some people would call god you know anyway i guess that's it for now hopefully it gave you some things to think about and uh Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening.